0: This is episode nine of Coaching Connections with Marcus Alvarado. I'm just so glad you guys took some time out of your day to sit down and take a listen to two wonderful coaches. We have Coach Brandon Berg of Flower Bluff High School. We also have Coach Jamie Boswell. Oh, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. The legendary Jamie Boswell, who is now the one of the athletic directors in Alice ISD, uh, but served so many years coaching the game and has brought so much. For the game of basketball in the great state of Texas, he served as the uh, president of the Texas Association of Basketball Coaches, among many other roles. Extremely blessed to have these two guys on the show today, Coach Jamie Boswell, Coach Brandon Berg. Let's get after it.
1: There he is. What's up? You know, Coach. You hey, know, living a dream.
0: I like it. You got a nice polo on, got it looking sharp today, got the hairbrush.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Felt good to get a haircut. My uh my sister's here. <laughs> it's, uh thank God it worked out. <laughs> so yeah, I was able to cut my hair and uh I'm used to going like every seven to ten days.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh you know, so going five weeks <laughs>
0: Especially the way your hair is now. I can imagine
1: what five weeks looks like.
0: Like, for me, five weeks, I mean, it doesn't look
1: <laughs> I don't have that much hair. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it's the same, it was the same look. It was just a lot more of it going and going.
0: <laughs> I'm lucky, like, you know, my hair is pretty simple. So, uh, I just finally... I, it took me a while, and I finally just asked my wife, I said, you know what? I'm going to order some clippers online. Mm-hmm. I just need you to cut it, cut it off. It's not hard. She's like, I can do it. I was like, I'm sure you can. And so she just knocks it out real quick. Thank God yeah. I don't have a very complicated haircut. I was, yeah, I was still nervous. For some reason, I was still like, man, I mean, Heck there's, still, yeah. there's still ways it's to mess like,
1: this up. But- exactly. It's, <laughs> it's hard to mess it up, but you still don't want to take the, uh, the risk factor, I guess.
0: She said, well, you're not going anywhere. What does it matter? I said, yeah, I guess that makes sense. but Yeah. But I got Zoom meetings for work. I don't want to look all patchy. That's right. <laughs> you taught your boy Ray Carroll?
1: Yeah. We, uh, shoot, we were just texting uh, two nights ago. He's like dying to come down here and get to the beach. And I'm telling him, I'm like, dude, I wouldn't go near the beach. It's way too early for that
0: way too early and I've, I've seen our beaches have been pretty packed
1: yes like insane like first day of spring break type of type of insanity stuff going wow, on i mean that's crazy i don't know i don't know what everyone's you know goal is for, uh, i
2: apologize i'm eating right quick no worries coach boss how are things in san antonio
0: things are we're just talking uh, about the beaches over there it's kind of the same it's like the city never really shut down. It's always, I mean, everybody's out and about, and the stores are packed. And, and this was two weeks ago when I had to go to the store for, you know, groceries or whatever. And you drive by Home Depot and Walmart and H-E-B, and yeah. the parking lot is just full of
2: people. Right? I went, I went to uh, Barnes & Noble's yesterday, tried to find a book, and I was the only one in the store. <laughs> So yeah. I mean, at the beach. Weird. <laughs> do what?
0: Because everybody over there was at the beach. Yeah, probably so. I'm
2: not social distancing at the beach.
0: Heck, no. Well, I, I appreciate you guys taking time out of your day to come come on and talk. Sure. You know, I don't know if you appreciate had, you having us. Yeah, no problem. Don't know if you had a chance to catch any of them. I mean, really, I just think coaches are amazing people, and I love what we do. I think uh, coaches have this ability to make connections with people in general, but especially young people, and Uh impact lives. And goes much deeper than wins and losses. And so, really, I just want to get to know as many people as I can, talk to them, get to know about them, and and kind of get that info out to the world. I think it's important. Yes, sir. So, if if you're ready, we can get started. And and, uh, I won't keep you from your families too long
2: unless you want to. Oh, trust me. We've been quarantined, man. Let's, let's go, go forever long we need to. Isn't that right, Carly? <laughs> Youngest daughters in the kitchen eating ice cream again. Save me some.
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, we got uh, Coach Boswell and, and – Brandon, how do you pronounce your last name? Berg. Say that again?
1: Like an iceberg.
0: Berg. Coach Brandon Berg. Got it. I've been saying it wrong in my head this whole time.
1: Well – If you've been well, saying Borg, it's all good because that's how – most of my family has said it. And I think that's probably how it should be just based on how it looks. And it's got a, you know, French background, I suppose. So, you know, don't know where it got messed up along the way, but someone started saying Berg and that's what we've been doing. So. Well, I'll roll with Berg. I'll roll (laughs) All right. Let's
0: talk a little bit about this uh, lockdown. Just let's talk about how you're doing. You know, your go-to quarantine snack. All right, you've been binge-watching anything. What does the daily routine look like right now?
1: Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, well, you know, and I've, I've been fortunate to, to catch some of your your other previous episodes of this Coaching Connections uh, kind of video podcast. And number one, listening to them and, and seeing the other coaches interact. Uh, but, uh, you know, one thing that stood out that many of them have said – and many others, you know, across across the country and across our state, it, we're all in the same boat. So it's not like there's someone out there gaining a, a significant competitive advantage, you know, because as coaches, we're, we're competitive people, you know, and, and I, we try to talk to our guys frequently, our, our teams frequently, and see how they're doing and, and, you know, find ways to motivate them and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, Every coach is doing that. You know, we're all trying to find, hey, how bait my guys, even though I can't be with them face to face, even though I you know I'm missing an off season and I'm missing, you know, potentially some more workouts aren't gonna be there or well echoed. Um, you know, as far as how I'm handling it, uh, you know, I definitely uh probably never never thought I would ever miss work as much as I ever have. And I think I'm not the first or last person to say that either, but I think when you're, you know, kind of locked inside your house for where are we on now, six weeks, uh, six plus or so and, and growing, um, you know, it, it does, uh, it does make you appreciate the things that, uh, that you are fortunate to have, like, a, like a job and, and things of that nature. So, but as far as stuff that's kind of holding me over, uh, Watching some film, doing plenty of online uh, online clinics, really looking forward to the uh the upcoming t a b c online clinic next week yep. uh you know and uh like I said, just trying to find ways to still communicate, trying to find ways to better yourself, whether it's uh reading a book whether it's uh you know doing a finding a project to do around the house uh reorganize some of the garage a week a week ago you know so just you know Honey Find the stuff stuff to do, you know,
0: honey-do list, that's right. This keeps growing and growing and growing, that list. It never ends.
2: (laughs) Very true. Yeah. My wife is at school. Yeah. You know, uh, basically, what we've been doing is, you know, uh, just staying in contact with our coaches. Uh, We have them on Google Classrooms and they're engaging with their student athletes. And uh, I'm actually uh, helping with the PE uh, curriculum, pre-K through 12. So we meet periodically <clears throat> with those uh, PE coaches and uh, we have, have a weekly Zoom meeting with all the girls coaches in the PE department. And uh, we just update them on what's going on, what the expectations are, and if they need anything from us. And uh, we actually had to hire a uh, – boys basketball coach, which we've done and uh we'll have to hire a few more positions uh coaching wise but you know like you had mentioned our district has been very very progressive and proactive about trying to stay up with other districts as far as pay and benefits and uh that's going to show this coming year <coughs> our our head coaches and assistants as well as teachers and staff and admin are getting a little bit of a pay raise again which is good uh because in our area. Besides CCISD, you know, Gregory Portland is just really setting the standard as far as uh, teacher pay mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff. So, you know, our district's been very good about trying to, uh, you know, retain uh, teachers and coaches and try to attract them because of the pay. Uh, we're in the midst of planning and uh, building an indoor facility, uh, which everybody in our district has really – You know, Flower Bluffs indoor facility is state of the art. Uh, That's what we're working on right now. Softball dressing rooms for our softball team. Our our softball baseball facilities are really nice, and we're just enhancing those and, uh, you know, trying to make sure that we have everybody that we need. Uh, Next week we have our uh, athletic gear drop-off and pick-up plan for – uh, the junior high and high school, so we'll be doing that all next week. And then, you know, obviously, having been with TABC, we're we're uh, we plan the uh, virtual clinic, and <clears throat> we're trying to get that online. And we have close to 80 speakers, I think. And there's something for everybody. And, uh, the reception has been very, very good, and hopefully, more and more coaches will, you know, get on board and register. And this is going to be a not not necessarily just a Texas thing, but a national thing uh, to showcase our association and our membership you know brandon's been active uh with being a regional uh director and helping with uh tabc stuff and you know he's going to get more of a role in that as we move forward and and monday night was my actual last uh tabc board meeting so i'm going off in the sunset but i'm still going to be an active member and you know if tabc needs any help or input i'm going to be there and you know i just love being engaged with uh you know, athletic teams and coaches and trying to support our profession and, you know, public education and athletics. So that's basically what we're doing. And, you know, it's, it's been good so far. Obviously, we want to get back on campuses and want to make sure our, our kids have the opportunity to play. And hopefully, you know, as things continue and the pandemic dies down, we hope uh, we're going to be able to do that, especially when the fall comes around. So Awesome. Um, and, and you kind of read my mind. I have a, a little piece here written to,
0: to talk about TBC, and, and we can get more in-depth in that in, in just a couple minutes. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about uh, your coaching journeys. You know, where did you start um, uh, up until this point and, and any influences that you've had along the way that's helped you
2: this far? You know, our district is getting a raise, and Brandon's dad's going to be happy about that because he's actually my financial. So, you know, whatever extra money <laughs> I make, <laughs> he's going to give me a call or an email so but that's funny but uh, you know my father was my parents were in education my father was a coach at one time was school superintendent uh my grandparents the same way my grandmother actually taught me in first grade so I've always been around you know public education uh I wanted to coach from a very early age and then as you as I matured in coaching you know uh had some great mentors Doug Gallion one for one uh had some really great mentors and You know, as I matured, I wanted to get into athletic administration. I lucked out. Very fortunate to land with Alice ISD because of, you know, prior contacts. Uh, Our AD was with us at San Angelo Central, and, uh, you know, he called me and asked about my interest in the job, and I jumped on it. And knowing full well that uh, Flower Bluff would land a heck of a basketball coach, and they did, and the program is in great hands. Uh, you know, it was tough leaving, but, man, I'm telling you, uh, the kids are awesome. Uh, every level is, you know, we say pretty talented. I mean, the future is bright uh, for Flower Bluff, and Brandon's going to do an exceptional job, and he has done a great job. And uh, I just couldn't pass up on this chance to, to get into athletic administration just because, like anything else, it's tough to get into. just like getting a head basketball job at a – you know, a specific location or specific class size, you know. Uh, I've had some great mentors throughout my career. Brent Davis, who's the current football coach at San Angelo Central. Uh, Tom Allen that retired at Senton. Uh, at, uh, uh, you know, there's a long list. <clears throat> so, you know, I just feel very fortunate and blessed to be in this profession and get to do what we do. So, Talk a little bit about
0: you transition from the gym to the athletic office, I mean, what, what is it that you maybe miss the most?
2: Well, you know, probably just the daily interaction, you know, because uh, you get so, uh, you know, I guess just encompassed with your team and uh, the program that you see those kids every single day. And, you know, they're talking to you constantly, texting, emailing, what have you. Uh, and, you know, engaging with their parents, the overall program, going to tournaments, games, you know, just seeing the overall growth of kids is probably what I miss the most. But uh, I'm telling you, this has been a breath of fresh air, so to speak. We're all teachers and coaches at heart, and we do that on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, getting to do what I do now, uh, you know, working with coaches, facilitating, supporting every – Sport is something I've really, really wanted to do, and, and it's exciting for me. Uh, I wake up energized and ready to go. I, I don't care about the long nights because if you're coaching, you're going to have long nights anyway. Yep. You know, this just so easy to be. I may be at a soccer game or, a, you know, a tennis match or a volleyball game, whatever, and I just enjoy it. It's all part of it. I love being around people, and, you know, it's, it's been a great aspect of the job.
1: Yeah, you, get to do, you get to do what you're passionate about.
2: Correct. And when you do that it I don't makes want to, I don't it want it easy. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be an assistant principal. You know, athletic administration is where I want to be and you know, hopefully I can grow in this profession and just keep going. So Well best you of luck to
1: have direct principal at home. Woman.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she's in school right now helping kids
1: clean out lockers. So eh, no thanks. <laughs> and what about so. you, Brandon? How's your journey been? Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh really similar to to Coach Boswell's uh, in that both of my parents were were educators. Um, both were, were coaches. Uh, my dad was a, a head boys basketball coach for, uh, close to 15 years. And before, before he was a boys coach, he was actually a, a head girls coach for, for nearly 10, um, starting at Teloso Midway High School, uh, back in the, the, the seventies. And then, uh, stayed there until the late eighties. And then, uh, he became the head boys basketball coach at flower bluff. Ironically where, where I ended up and where coach Boswell was before me. And then, uh, and then he became the head boys basketball coach at King high school here in Corpus Christi. And that's where I ended up graduating from and then going to school. Um, so obviously my, my dad had a huge influence on me because he not only was a coach, but he was also my coach. And, uh, and that's, that's a unique, you know, kind of relationship to have to go through. Um, yeah, you know, there were definitely some tough days, uh, and sometimes that's those why times, you got to play all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there were there were some some challenges that 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 come with it. Uh, there would be days, especially you know when I when I was your you know freshman sophomore year in particular, and and then junior year, maybe early part of my junior year when I when I started to play quite a bit on varsity. Um, he would uh, he would almost tell me sometimes before practice, you know, like, "Hey." Uh, I'm going to be a little you know, might be rough on you today just to make sure the other guys understand that if I can get on my own son, you know, and and hold him to the the highest level of accountability possible that the other guys will see that. And then it would make it easier for them to, to have to buy in. Um, you know, those, those days, thankfully weren't, uh, weren't frequent, but uh, once in a while they came up, but it made me, it made me a better player uh, for sure. And uh, you know, as a kid who grew up with, with two parents that were, that were teachers and coaches and uh, you know, seeing it firsthand, I've got a family list of of educators, two of my uh, two, three of my aunts were, uh, were classroom teachers. One eventually became a counselor. Um, One still teaches like calculus and and calculus too, and coaches girls golf up in the Dallas area. Um, You know, so I I come from a family full of educators. Two of my three sisters uh, are teachers. So you know, it's, it's a, it's a family thing for me. And I tried my best, I'm telling you. And by my best, I mean one semester's worth the college. I tried my best to not get into it. (laughs) I really did. (laughs) First first semester of college out of high school, I'm I'm thinking, no way am I going to do that. I'm going to do business or something with computers. And uh, after one semester, I took some classes and I was like, you know what? That just, those, that's not my world. That's not where I'm good at. And uh, and, I, and I had worked a lot of basketball camps with, with my dad, uh, you know, as I got older and kind of phasing out my part of going to camps and started becoming a teacher at these camps when I was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. And, and, and you know, it kind of became a, a passion there. Uh, I can definitely see where, where that also made and gotten at Ray high school in Corpus Christi with CCISD uh, where, where I was, you know, and, and being a product of CCISD I think made it maybe even a little more special to me uh, graduating from the same school district and uh, was able to work with some great people, you know, and, and going from uh, like coach Boswell said, you know, the classroom, the day to day interaction with your students and your kids and, and, and working with and things like that. That's what, that's what I think drives most educators and coaches is, is, is to, not only because we're competitive and we want to win and we want to build teams to be successful, but we want to help the young people that become our next generation be the best that they possibly can. And so that was something that was uh, instilled in me by my parents, uh, something I saw firsthand growing up, something I saw day to day in my, my for, for really every year that I've been been in education. You know, you see it through different people sometimes, though so it's not always a coach or 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 an ad that that makes that impact on I mean, you sometimes it's another classroom teacher your next door neighbor in that classroom is someone that goes man you know what i really like how they handle this situation or they do this or they gave me a great idea for a lesson plan you know how can i translate that for me onto maybe a coaching aspect you know i learned so much from uh from the, the athletic coordinators uh, that I was able to work for, uh, starting with, with Coach Simper when he was at Ray. Uh, he's now at Veterans Memorial High School. I learned a lot from him, and I still, you know, hold him in high regard. Uh, Coach Craig Charlton, who took over after Coach Semper, uh, left Ray. Coach Charlton helped me quite a bit uh, on my journey and gave me a lot of freedom, gave me the opportunity to become uh, my, my first head coaching opportunity. So, you know, I, I owe him a lot for that. Uh, the principals that, that I've been able to work for, starting with uh, Dr. Pettis, who's now an assistant superintendent at uh, West Oso ISD, uh, to uh, Mrs. Cuevas, Roxanne Cuevas, who's now the principal at Ray. You know, these are people that, that made an impact on me and still and still make an impact on me. Uh, uh, you know, now I'm fortunate to work at a great school district like Flower Bluff. Uh, you know, it's uh, large large shoes to fill with, with Coach Boswell leaving. But, uh, you know, doing, doing my part uh, to uh, – to give it my best, and and you know, he mentioned we have some great some great teams uh, and great great programs all, all across Flower Bluff. Uh, but that starts with great leadership too. You know, Coach Steinbrook's done a great job; been there for a long time. Uh, someone that I've gotten to know the last nine months or so since I've started working there. And uh, you know, I just think that, uh, like I said earlier, as educators, we we can take things from everybody that come across our path sometimes a student will inspire us to do something better sometimes it's a principal an ad another coach an assistant coach you know it's uh it, it's a it's kind of a fraternity if you will you know and we all know that as, as coaches we have our own coaching fraternities and uh you know, they impact us as much as we try to impact the the next generation of people
2: right and i'd be
1: remiss if i didn't mention you know coach
2: steinbrook uh and coach mcmahon they, mm-hmm. they do a phenomenal job at Flower Bluff and I was fortunate to be there and uh those two guys are great leaders and you know you can just look at the the uh, excellence that Flower Bluff has shown in all sports uh just to show how good their leadership is and you know uh those guys do a great job and my kids go to school in Flower Bluff and they love it uh my wife is an administrator there so it's a great district and uh you know we've got some great coaches in in the coastal bend that we uh me, you know, interact with and uh, are friends with colleagues with, and that's that's the, one of the best things about the coaching profession is the relationships that you make with those coaches. And we can give each other a hard time, and yeah. you know, you know, talk to each other about certain things. But at the end of the day, we're all friends. We're all for the same reason: we want kids to be successful and you know, be future stars in society. So that's a big deal.
0: Absolutely, that's awesome. And uh, and Brandon, I uh, had this written down, so you kind of touched on it a little bit. But so talk about your transition from Ray to Flower Bluff, and having some legendary shoes to fill. You know, some <laughs> feelings behind that.
1: <laughs> That'd be Robert Dodd. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know the 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 Flower Bluff opportunity, it, it came up pretty late, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, you know, we had finished the school year uh, at 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 Ray this past year. Um, you know, we had a very successful year in 2018, 2019, and had some really good pieces returning uh with the with the you know what I felt like was a great coaching staff. Uh, talking about the assistant coaches I was able to work with there. And uh had some great things going. And uh, you know, I always told myself that as far as the corpus area goes, that there really weren't many other jobs that I would ever consider leaving Ray for. Flower Bluff happened to be one of them obviously has to be the right circumstances and things like that for not just myself, but for my family and, uh, and having a family connection, if you will, having, you know, my dad having coached there from the late eighties into the early nineties, uh, that, that made it, I think a little unique. That wasn't a determining factor. I think, you know, in hindsight, maybe it was more of a uh, kind of a thing that's in the back of your mind that you don't really think about at the time, but it turned out to be something that was a unique and special situation. Um, you know, and the hardest part, and we've all, well, you know, we've, we've all changed jobs and had to change and make sacrifices that uh, throughout our life. But the hardest thing was obviously to, to leave the people that you built relationships with. Uh, you know, for me at Ray, I built so many people. You know, I was there for 10 years and as an assistant coach for, for, uh, for five, a head coach for four. Uh, I actually worked there for one year, uh, my very first year when I was hired. I uh, didn't coach because I got hired in January. And so uh you know it was uh it was tough to leave you know the player relationships the parents the the, the teachers you work with the, the administrators the athletic administration etc uh but it was it was a unique situation for me uh to be able to to go to Flower Bluff and to uh to to change the the classroom responsibilities that I had to be able to work at a, a single school ISD I think that that was uh in a way a unique situation too because you know the kids that are at your junior high, they're going to be at your high school, uh, you know, 99 out of 100. And so I think that was – that kind of drew some of the interest uh, to me. Um, obviously, you know, I, I, being from Corpus Christi and having that connect, that family connection, I know Flower Bluff has been successful for a long time. You know, I, I always – we try to tell our, our basketball players, like if you walk into the gym and you look up and you see all these, these banners and whatnot – that are on the wall you go look there was success here long before i ever got here and there's going to be success long after i I, i've left and i think that we try to tell our kids the same thing like look you're gonna have to work to get better and if you want your opportunity to to be a part of a team that has a banner up there like you've got to work at it it's not just going to be handed to you um you know but that transition was uh It was, like I said, it was tough. It was challenging. It was not an easy decision. uh, But but at the end of the day, I had to do what I felt was was best for for me and my family for for not just the short term but the long term because I think if it was just a short-term only thing, uh, I don't think I would have left, to be completely honest with you, because we knew we had a great team coming back. And, and obviously, Coach Dodd did a great job uh, this past year with that group, and they ended up winning another district championship and and making it to the third round just like we did the year before. so you know that that part was tough but at the end of the day you know we're 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 humans and we have to do what's best for uh for us and our family and so uh that's what it was you know my even my family my my parents weren't uh even they were kind of kind of egg you know not egging me on but really wanted to know like are you sure you want to leave we really like going to you know ray and we, we like this and that i said look this is what i think's best for me at this time and but maroon's just a different shade of red. That's all. <laughs> it, it did. It didn't take Brandon's dad very long to change colors. I'm telling you that right yeah, now. Well, he, <laughs> probably had, he probably had some shirts still from 1991, 92, 93. <laughs> I'm hoping you yeah, updated a couple of the shirts, Brandon. <laughs> if I find you, I'll mail it to you. You can have it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Let's let's talk a little bit about TBC. I think it's an amazing organization and what it does in growing the game of basketball in our state. Um, yep. Let's talk about some of the roles that you, you guys have served uh, in the organization, and then we'll talk about the clinic coming up after that.
1: Okay? Mine will be pretty short, so I'll, I'll knock mine out quick. Baza has, has a way long, longer history with TABC. Um, you know, my I've known about TABC for, you know, as long as I can remember, uh, simply because my dad was a member of TABC and he always went to the TABC clinic. Um, and he always felt like it was, it was one of his best, one of the best clinics he's, he's ever gone to, uh, over the, over the course of obviously many years. And, uh, you know, so when I first became an assistant, I think my very first year I went, uh, and I went to TABC and then I didn't go again for at least two more years. And I think I went my, my second to last year and last year as an assistant coach. And then, and then I've been, uh, every year since, uh, since, I, since I've been a head coach uh, the organization obviously is, is much more, and this is something that I've learned over the last few years. It's much more than just a, a basketball organization that hosts a clinic every May. You know, there's so much more that goes in, into it uh, in terms of promoting high school basketball in the state of Texas, in terms of not, not even just basketball, just promoting athletics. Obviously we, 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 Focus with an emphasis on basketball, but the coaching connections you can make through TABC, the relationships you can develop through TABC, uh, the ways to promote the, the great kids that, and, and athletes are all across our state through TABC. You know whether it's whether it's through uh, all region selection, all state selection, academic all state. Uh, you know those types of things, and, and that's what a great organization like TABC does. I've been fortunate to uh, you know I was a district representative uh, four years ago. Uh, Pete Solis was the, uh, who's now you know Laredo Nixon head coach. He was uh, he was the regional coordinator for 5A at the time, um, and, and I was a district rep uh, with him. And then the following year, uh, I became the assistant regional coordinator uh, with him as the regional coordinator. And uh, and then for the last two years, and again next year we'll make three years. Uh, I'll be the uh, the regional coordinator for uh, for 5A Region Four. And uh, so that's been my involvement. Um, like I said, I've known about it for a long time, and I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, passionate about it, uh, you know, just like uh, Coach Boswell is, and, and he's done a heck of a job um, as past president and, uh, you know, in all the roles that he's helped with TABC. One thing that, uh, that I have yet to do that I definitely want to, it's, it's, uh, wouldn't quite say it's a bucket list item, but it's, it's, it's up there is to, uh, to work the camp. You know, and actually this summer I, I told myself, like, all right, I'm, I'm working that camp because I hear so many great things about the TABC camp. Um, you know, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, next summer when, when it comes back around, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, be able to do, to do that. You know, I know a few people, man. Maybe we can get you hired on at TABC
2: camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, my path, uh, you know, just like Brandon's, uh, I was, uh, you know, I became a head coach. Been a TABC member for a long time. Then when I, when I was head coach at uh, Sentin, uh, 2002 to 2010, I became a district rep, and then helped with all region stuff. And then when I went to San Angelo Central, uh, Coach Deer, who was at Friendship at the time, uh, asked me to be a regional coordinator, and I did that. and And six a, five a, six a at that time, our our region went from El Paso all the way to. Dallas, Fort Worth, including, you know, Jeez. Amarillo and every, every place in between. So, I mean, we had a vast region, uh, but it was, it was fun got a great experience. And then, uh, of course I got on the board, uh, was fortunate enough to be a board member for three years. And then for whatever reason, they asked me to run for second vice president and, uh, was fortunate to get elected. Then, uh 2018 2019 I was the president and then this past year uh the immediate past president uh, but just like Brandon said you know it's not just the clinic in May you know we have the best camps of any association anywhere in the nation uh I've been associated with those camps for 24 years and this year was going to be number 25 but uh obviously because of the pandemic didn't get to do that but uh you know that's a very very big passion of mine is helping with those camps and uh you know a highlight of my experience is officiating the little campers game when they (laughs) lower the goals me and two other coaches kenny mann and dean edwards uh we'd officiate the games and you got little little dudes running up down the floors trying to dunk on a seven foot goal that's that's the highlight of my camp experience but uh you know I thought it'd okay. be the, the, wigs, the wigs that you guys wore. I thought that would be the highlight. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, I actually had a cane with the official's gear, you know, and all that stuff and <laughs> sunglasses. But, uh, you know, T-A-B-C has been awesome. Uh, I had some, you know, just like anybody else, great mentors that came before me that are still involved and some that are retired that really progressed the association and, that's what our charge has been is just to progress the association in the right direction. You know, we still have a lot of stuff to do, obviously, but uh, you know, the virtual clinic is one, uh, you know, we lost the, the revenue stream from the clinic and the camp. So we had to come up with some ideas and solutions and the virtual clinic committee did a great job of planning and, you know, in May 11th, it's going to take off and hopefully the coaches enjoy it. You know, it costs a little bit, but it's just like, If you're going to the regular on-site clinic, instead of watching 13 speakers, you get to see 80. And so the price of admission is just phenomenal. And obviously every every percentage of the proceeds goes back to the association. So, you know, being the past president, I don't actually have to join TABC. Uh, My membership is free, but I choose to join. I I pay for the membership. You know, I'm going to donate a little bit. Uh, because that's an option now. And, you know, I'm very invested in it. And like I said, even though I'm, I'm not on the board anymore, I'm not just going to go to the, the yearly clinic uh, past president's luncheon and just sit down and eat and leave. I'm going to be an active past member or past president and, uh, you know, help in any way I can because, you know, this is a great time in our association, a great time in the profession to move basketball and other sports – to where they need to be and continue that growth. You know, we, we whether we want the shot clock or the, you know, charge circle or, you know, want to play like college does and go to halves, whatever the case may be. I'm not, you know, speaking for anybody, but just progressing the game it should be, you know, one of our priorities, uh, you know, making sure that we have a great venue for the state basketball tournament, Strengthen, strengthening the relationships with the UIL, the other associations that are so important, You know, I'm working with the THSCA to help them get speakers, and I feel very honored to do that. You know, they they invite us to the clinic every year. I spoke last year. I spoke in 2013, and, you know, I think every single basketball coach, whether you're junior high or high school, should be a member of TABC. And if you're a boys' basketball coach, you should be a member of THSCA. And if you're a girls' basketball coach, you should be a member of TGCA because you want to represent – not only yourself and your staff, but you want to represent your kids and give them every opportunity to be recognized. Uh, you know, Academic All-States, All-Region, All-States, scholarships, you name it. And every association has something to offer. And I think it's our duty as coaches to make sure we're members of those, whether we pay for it out of pocket, the school pays for it, what have you. You know, like right now, I'm a member of the Texas Athletic Directors Association, TGCA, THSCA, TABC, the National Athletic Directors Association, because I think we've got to be members to showcase our programs, our schools, and our kids. Uh, you know, and we're hoping that more and more people see that. You know, I think the THSCA has done a great job of it being more inclusive, uh, incorporating more sports and more coaches. And even though we're just a specifically a basketball organization, I think we can strengthen our relationship with THSCA so we can both progress and all of these associations can progress in the right direction. So that's what I'm excited about for the future. Uh, you know, I'm not, say, I'm not saying I'm going to work another TABC camp. I'm just going to drop in and help officiate on that little campers game. I'm not like Brandon. I'm not going to run up and down the floor, you know, and be in a station for – 12 minutes, uh, 10 rotations. You know, I've worked those camps. And you know what I'm talking about, Brandon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, clinic, camps, everything in between. Uh, uh, TABC does such a great job. And I think, you know, TABC is really going to innovate and progress as we move forward. So, exciting times. Well, yeah. well we appreciate all the for TABC and, and basketball in the state of Texas
0: and helping grow the game. Um, and I appreciate Brandon for, for bringing me
1: on in different different ways into TABC. Uh, yeah, Coach Alvarado was the, was the assistant coordinator last year. Sweet. Weeks, so. That's why all those San Antonio kids got chosen, right? Yeah, and I got that's, right. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we got we to gotta fight for our
0: kids, right? We got to have right. opportunities. But I appreciate it. Definitely. It was a good experience to be a part of. So, so definitely looking forward to continuing that. And obviously signing up for the clinic and, and uh, getting my assistants to do the same and right and spreading the word to our middle school coaches and I'm and, uh, sending text messages to all our coaches in our new district and our old district, just trying to do what I can to spread the word. Hopefully it helps them. Although uh, I don't know if our weight carries as much our
2: name carries as much weight as Boswell's as uh, Brandon's. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> no, they, they, they don't answer the phone when I call because they think I'm asking for a meal or something.
1: <laughs> double edged reason I don't same reason I don't answer when you call. <laughs> let's
0: uh let's talk a little bit about the best basketball game you've ever been a part of. Ooh.
1: Just as a uh coach, player, fan, either way. Any, either way. Uh I think I can cover all 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 three. Uh as a, as a player, my Junior year of high school, we were playing our school rival. It was at our gym, packed. I think we were, we were either tied, and this is back, you know, only three teams made the playoffs then. And uh, this, this was, I want to say, maybe uh, not early in the district season, maybe halfway through district play. And, uh, and, and we end up, like I said, great atmosphere at our, at our home gym. We're playing our school rivals, and we go to overtime. And I remember uh, last, you know, last possession of the game, I I can't remember if it was after a timeout situation or what have you, uh, but I just remember having an okay look at a shot and and ended up passing it to a teammate uh, who was at the top of the key, who was wide open, and he hits a three at the buzzer. And we win in overtime and, you know, place goes nuts. And we end up getting uh, the final playoff spot that year. Uh, and our, our school rivals, I think got fourth and, and i don 't remember how much what the separation was, but it was definitely uh, definitely a, a thrilling game there and uh, we ended up making a, a decent playoff run and we made it to the third round of the playoffs and the team that we lost to ended up going to the the state championship game, so wasn't oh, wow. uh, wasn't wasn't anything crazy and uh, and then uh, as a fan uh, at the state tournament and uh, if this was uh when T.J. Ford and Daniel Ewing and Ivan McFarlane and all those guys were, were at, uh, you know, Fort, uh, Fort Ben Willeridge. And and they're in, you know, I think they had won state the year before. And I think it was, you know, all these guys are back. They're all juniors and they win state and they come back. And in the state semifinal game, which if you look at the UIL program that they have every year at state, it's still one of, if it's not the highest attended game, it's one of them. It was Fort Ben Willeridge versus, I believe, Converse Judson. And uh, and Coach Wacker, uh, who's now at Texas Lutheran University, uh, he had two guards who couldn't have been bigger than five six, five seven, five maybe you know maybe. And and this this other team's got four Division One players, a guy that's going to be in the NBA, uh, two guys actually that were in the NBA for a little bit. Uh, and they end up going to double overtime, and those two little guards for Judson, man, they they were, they were almost they, they were they were the they were the sight, you know. And yeah. and I think as you have a, a crowd, and we still see it at the state tournament, you know, today, anytime there's a matchup of of two teams, and one team is you know significantly maybe more talented or more recognized and well known, the crowd starts cheering for for the underdog, yeah. and and so I remember just as a fan starting to cheer for Judson, you know, hard like. I have no rooting interest, you know. Um, but that was probably just the single best game I can remember. Willardridge ends up winning in, in double overtime and ends up winning the state tournament and going back-to-back back there. Uh, the other one that comes real, real quick was the uh, – I think it was 2002, the state finals when, when John Jay hit the oh, yeah. uh, the, the half-court, you know, pump buzzer beater, should have won an ESPY. Uh, Derek Jeter should not okay. have won the ESPY that year. I'm just saying. And, um, you know, as a as a coach – uh, you know, there, there's a there's a lot because you have so many memories uh, of of you know games and, and whatnot. Um, I'm trying to think of, of any that, that stand out just off the top of my head. Uh, we we had a, a good tournament game, and we we actually ended up losing this game. But but 2018, 2019, we're playing in the Corpus Christi Coaches Association tournament, and we're in the championship pool. Uh, we we did nothing but pool play, so we we, we reseed. Uh, after two games, you know, we had your original pool of three teams and we took all the winners of those teams and put them into different pools. And then we took all the winners of those, of those pools and put them into other pools, you know? So um, it was a unique tournament setup. We had a, we had a weird number. It was like 27 teams or something, you know, something weird. Like the, the number just was, was tough to make work in like a normal bracket play. So anyway, so, so we're playing uh, Aldine Davis and this was, you know, my last, my last year at Ray and we're playing Aldine Davis. And this is again, one of those, if you walk into the gym, and you see two teams warming up. You're going that team's winning by by 30, and this team is has no business being here. And we were the team that didn't have any business being there by by the eye test. And uh, you know, and we knew it was going to be a tough game. But look, we, I knew we had a good team, and we wanted the challenge. You know, I, I we needed that challenge. And uh, and it, you know, it turns out we we shot maybe the best shooting half of basketball in the first half. I, I think we had. 55 points or so at halftime two of our guys had like four or five threes each i mean we, we were we were not missing you know it was an incredible first half performance and, and we're up i don't know i'm gonna say we're up double digits at, at halftime against you know again this is a big 6a houston school athletic as can be um and uh and they were kind of in, in their own way maybe shell shocked a little bit uh and but then second half we had a, a bad like First two three minutes of the second half, and they make a run, and now now it's a, a possession possession game for the rest of the the, the regulation, and uh, uh, we have two two starters foul out. wasn't happy about one of them. Kid gets a tech after he fouled out, which he didn't deserve. He was mad at himself as he's walking off the floor. Mm-hmm. Ref took it personally, gives him a tee as he's walking off, and this is you know three minutes to go in regulation, and I'm going, how are we going to make this call, you know, and yeah. uh. You know, but it is what it is. And uh, so we ended up going to overtime. Uh, we, we had a, a really good player uh, named uh, Ryan Nurnberg, who, who basically carried us in overtime. He was a district MVP as a sophomore. He ended up winning district MVP that year uh, as a junior. And in this past season, he was the uh, district offensive player of the year. Uh, his teammate, uh, the kid that found out and got a tech, actually, uh, he got he got district MVP this past year for Ray. So, just a, a crazy game, and uh, we ended up going to double overtime, and we ended up losing like 105 to 101 or something Ooh, like that wow. in double OT. And, you know, just just the fight and grit that our kids showed at, at that specific game, you know, I kind of knew right then and there that we had something special. And, uh, you know, obviously that, that kind of propelled us moving forward and uh, led us to district championship. So that's just the one that sticks out, you know, off the top of my head. That sounds like an exhausting game. I'm tired just listening, uh, uh, thinking about trying so, to get. I'm like. not. I'm not lying to you. As soon as the final buzzer went off, you know I wasn't even upset that we lost at that point. I, I kid you not. I broke out into like a cold sweat, and like I, I was, I was legitimately, um, you know, I was having trouble catching my breath, and, and it was. I was fine the whole game. Not fine. You. Know, I'm sure I'm a, a nervous wreck, but I'm not showing it. And then as soon as that buzzer hit, it just, it just came out like yeah. cold sweat. Everything. It just right then. It was all let go.
0: You know talking about that john jay game uh you know two thousand and two that's the year I graduated high school uh Chris Ross hits the shot and uh, mm-hmm. and uh and 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 I, and I feel like our team at at the four a level at the time uh, we had a pretty good team made a regional uh tournament appearance uh, in, as a senior and uh but even us like we saw chris Ross hit that shot and i didn't know him at the time I know him now and i i probably never tell him this, but i was i'd go to school the next day and all of us are just practicing making a move, half forward and <laughs> double pumping, trying to make a shot. And my coach walks in he's just like, you know, what are y'all doing? You know, it, was a, it was
1: one of the most incredible shots I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. He I still it. remember he ran into his own teammate. Yep. Right. Like he, he grabs, grabs the rebound or he gets the, the outlet. Uh, you know dribbles and his own teammates trying to run out of the way and he cuts right across and he bumps into him and he has to stop to pick up the ball off the ground and then just heaves it from there and you know on his birthday it was his birthday on his birthday that's right and it was his only field goal i think in the semifinal game he made like two free throws and then in that championship game that was the only shot he made that was the only so he had one field goal the entire two games at the state tournament and it's on his birthday to win state uh, against a really good Dallas Kimball team, uh, yeah. no less. Had uh, AC Law and ended up obviously playing at, at A&M and going to the NBA. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just uh, that, that was that was nuts. I was sitting like at – my dad had great, great seats that specific year at the state tournament, and that was my uh, – I think it was my sophomore year. So that was my sophomore year of high school, and we're watching and we're sitting like – Fifth row, maybe uh, like right at midcourt, behind oh, yeah. the, the the announcers' table. You know, so we had a great view of it, and it's just it's crazy how it ended.
0: Yeah, he, he ended up having a really good career. He's, he's still playing out in the Philippines. This is cool. okay. So, Cody, okay. so,
1: nice.
2: what about you? Well, you know, you said you graduated in two thousand two. I graduated from high school in nineteen eighty six. Nice, back when there was there was no there was no three points, and my senior year. Uh, was a great experience. We were we were state ranked in two A. We were a small two A. Uh, and we swept a very elite team in the Coleman Blue Cats to win a district title. We went fourteen to zero, and that was the that was the best part of my my high school career. Uh, we should have advanced farther, but we didn't. We got beat in the second round. Uh, but we'll talk about that stuff at another time. That's still a thorn in my side, but. Uh, you know as a as a fan, you know I've seen a lot of great basketball games, and you know live and on TV, but I was head coach at Mathis and uh, went and watched Senton play Lavernia in the third round to go to the regional tournament at Kennedy. and this is in ninety nine and uh, it's the best high school game I think I've ever seen. It was in that small Kennedy gym. Uh, Jim Blackburn was head coach at Lavernia, been there forever. Uh Ed Glendinning was a head coach at Senton and they were pressing and running and the atmosphere was electric. It was wall-to-wall people. And uh Senton ended up winning in double overtime, but it was an incredible game. Uh it was just back and forth. You know, both coaches were getting into it. I think Ed was down to just a shirt, no tie, <laughs> uh, no, no coat. Uh, you know, you couldn't tell what the score was if you're looking at Coach Blackburn because he was so even killed and calm, you know. But I just remember that game like it was yesterday. That was just something that, you know, we had a bunch of our Mathis kids there. They were watching the game. And uh, the very next, in 2000, we made the regional tournament. Uh, and we actually beat Senton in the area round uh, to get to the next round. We beat Lavernia in the regional quarterfinal round to get to the regional tournament that very next year so. That was a great experience, uh, and as a coach, you know I've been head, I was a head coach uh, since 1996. So there's been some really really good games, some bad losses, tough losses, uh, some games that we should have won that were great that we didn't. Uh, but my second year at San Angelo Central, uh, you know, we inherited a program that we're trying to rebuild, and it's a you know it's a gradual process and. We, uh, we beat Odessa Permian at their place in the first round, so they're coming to our place. And the game is for the outright district title. If they beat us, we're going to be co-champs. If we beat them, we're going to be outright district champs by ourselves. And Central hadn't won an outright district title since 1963. This was in 2012. And the Central gym, gym is probably comparable to uh, Moody, okay. Carey, maybe. Uh, a little bit bigger, uh, but uh, that place was just wall-to-wall people. You could not find a seat. There were people sitting in the aisles, in the rows, down the stairs, uh, and we're up one or two possessions. Uh, Permian had just scored, and they're pressing us, so we call a timeout. we got to go the length of the floor, and we know that they're going to press us, and they're going to try to double. If they don't get the steal, they're going to try to foul us. So we run our set press break, and uh, we get lucky and throw the long ball and to one of our kids that ended up playing at Southwestern University in Georgetown, and uh, he ends it with a dunk. Oh. And uh, we end up winning the game, and, the, you know, the place just goes nuts, goes crazy. Uh, and that was, that was a fun, fun game to watch, be a part of. And, uh, you know, that's just one of many. But uh, that was a great experience, and I still think about that game to this day. Uh, I don't think I've seen a gym that packed, uh, you know, with just crazy student body and cheerleaders and fans and you know parents. You name it. It was it was just awesome. So, that's incredible.
0: Oh yeah! Exclamation. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think uh, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I think us in Harlem that were playing the last game of the season. When I was in the stands watching. Were y'all both in the stands, or just you? I was there. It was at uh it was at McCullum, wasn't it? It was at McCullum.
2: Yeah. We were there. I thought I saw some of you guys scouting up there. And it, it didn't do us any good because we got <laughs> Harlandale was pretty good, man. I thought y'all were gonna beat beat him. And uh we just got hard almost
0: almost carried us all the way through. He had like forty
2: something points. I'm telling you. Not quite and uh you know, that was we made the playoffs and Harlandale walked our log, but you know that made us better. You know we got better the very next year. All right. You know, uh, but you know there's some great basketball in San Antonio. For sure, there really is. I appreciate
0: uh, it. Yeah. Well, let's talk. We uh, were talking the best games. If you if you could name the best individual talent that you've ever seen in, in person, whether it be high school, or pro, or college, the best players you've ever seen play live, who would it be?
2: Mm. (laughs) Well uh, I haven't coached An elite player like that That's gone on To the pro level But we played against uh, uh, Ulyss Trinity Uh, Their big kid That's playing for the Pacers Uh, And he was Yeah He was a sophomore When we played them And he was about 6'10 6'11 And you could tell That that dude Was fixing to be The real deal Uh, And he wasn't completely, you know, matured into his body. Uh, he was good, but he wasn't going to be as good as he is now, obviously. And uh, we got fortunate that we, we beat him uh, because we we pressed and we ran. And that poor guy just, he ran from foul line to foul line, actually. We didn't let him sit up in a half-court offense and just pummel us. Uh, but he may be one of the better high school basketball players I've seen live and in person that we coached against. Uh, I never got to see Brandon Bird playing high school. He
1: may be right up there. I don't know. You know <laughs> if you like to watch guys shoot, shoot, shoot threes and, and make some decent passes, then yeah, that was that was my job. And take some charges. Yeah. That was that's my role. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I I too, I've never come close to coaching any, you know, professional guys, obviously. Um, but just thinking about the guys that i've been fortunate to see at the state tournament and, and and remember uh you know i my dad told me i was at the state tournament when shaq was there but i don't remember that yeah. but uh um best high school players that i have seen in person uh i i think tj ford uh, his, his athletic ability you know i know i mentioned their their team earlier uh, his athleticism was something to be seen. And he was on a team of guys that had Division I NBA yeah. level athleticism and he stood out. Yeah. You know, uh, and that, that's that's the thing that kind of makes you go, Holy you know, holy crap, this guy's another level. And yeah. uh, I think um, best pure all you know just not not necessarily just from an athletic standpoint, but just best one of the smoothest basketball players I thought I've ever seen was Darren Williams uh, when he was with uh, at the Colony High School. Um, and, and actually, it's funny because his teammate, Bracey Wright, his teammate was getting a lot more of the attention um, initially. And Bracey Wright ends up going to, I think, Indiana. And, yeah. and Darren Williams went to Illinois. Um, and uh, But I, I, just watching and you're going, man, that guy's controlling the game. You know, a six. 6'3 point guard who's got some, some strength to him, and he's controlling the game and, you know, hitting big shots. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if he ended up with a crazy high scoring number, um, but but just the way he controlled the game uh, I thought was impressive. And then uh, the one – and I actually just had this discussion last Thursday with our our, our varsity and our, our basketball program uh, in one of our Google meetings. Um, we were talking about toughness and and how you can will – people around you to to be successful because of, of someone's mental toughness. And I thought um, in terms of players, I thought Mark is smart. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to see him play uh, the two years that they they went to the state tournament. Um, and, again, there were other really good players around him too. But he willed Oh yeah. his team to, to, you know, to, to win. Um, the guy, you know, you don't see a six, three and a half, six, four – point guard, combo guard, whatever you want to call him, in the middle of the back of a 2-3 zone when you have a 6-7, six, 6-8 six, guy out on the wing and another, you know, bigger-sized guy on the wing. And he's, he's in the back of the zone hitting the floor. He's the, the talker. Yeah, like he, he, he embodied toughness. Um, and so I thought that that was, you know, as, as a young young coach at the time, seeing that going, you know, that guy's a, the only word that came to mind was, was toughness and, and a winner. And uh, obviously, you know, he's, he's made a, a heck of a career for himself so far. Uh, I enjoy watching him play. I know, you know, my kids can't stand, well, oh, he flops and he this. No, he, he wins and he makes winning plays is what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of me playing against somebody, uh, the best player I feel like I've played against, and it was in some summer tournaments and stuff, was uh, a guy out of Houston, Milby. His name was Jawan McClellan. And he ended up going to University of Arizona um, played, I believe, all four years at Arizona with uh, with uh, you know Coach Ludolson, and uh, we played against him in in some summer tournaments uh, growing up. His uh, his high school head coach, Coach Hone, um has some family connections down here in Corpus, and so he would always try to get his his players to you know, and they played like on a it was an AAU team, but it was mostly Milby guys, and they would come down to a tournament in Corpus during the summer, and they would play. And, uh, and we, we played against at least two or three summers in a row, and uh, they, were, they were really good. As a matter of fact, they won the state tournament uh, his senior year. And um, I think it was the year after Coach Honey had retired from Milby, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And, uh, you know, so Jawan McClellan was maybe one of the best players I personally played against uh, that I, you know, off the top of my head. How many times did he dunk on you? Uh, he did not. However, he had a teammate <laughs> that uh, it was, you know. Again, they they beat us pretty pretty badly, and there was a a point in the game. And again, this is a summer tournament, so we 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 had a turnover, and I'm the I'm the one guy back, and it's like three on one. You know, and I'm going all right. There's only a couple ways this ends, and none of them are good. So uh, a point guard dribbling from I think it was the left wing. And I'm thinking he's going to pass it to the guy that's running on the right wing. Well, there was a third guy coming a little behind them right down the middle. He was about 6'3", six, 6'4", six, but, man, could he jump. And he kind of throws a soft, nice little dish right behind, right over his shoulder to the guy coming down the middle. And I'm like flat-footed, middle of the key, and this guy catches it and without hesitation jumps off two feet and just punches mm. it on me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I remember getting mad at my teammates, like, why isn't anybody else getting back? And then I look at the scoreboard, and I'm going – guys, we're down 35, 40 points, <laughs> and, and uh, it didn't matter who was back. It was going to be ugly.
2: <laughs> and that, that, that reminds me of my first year at Flower Bluff. We go to the GP tournament, and we're playing uh, Vandergrift, the kid that yes. just signed with Texas. Yeah, yeah. Greg Brown. Yeah, and uh, oh, dude, uh, we're playing out of our minds, Coach, and it's 19-19 to 19 after the first quarter. Nice. Coach Ellis is mad. Their kids are mad, and then – the Greg Brown show took over. He had about nine dunks, and they ended up beating us by about 30. Yeah, he, You know, even though we were getting our butts kicked, he was fun to watch because he just – you could tell hes he was special. And he was That's only a sophomore at the time, I believe. You know, and he's going to be a one-and-done. He's going to go to the show after mm-hmm. one year here at Texas. Okay. And he's – you know, he's just a phenomenal talent.
1: Yeah, the talent. So, talent is there. That's it's rare hard. to see
0: that long yeah. and super athletic like that. In person, yeah. this is it's fun to watch. I think I think the best player I, I ever coached against. I was just I was an assistant at the time when I was at uh, San Antonio Marshall High School, and uh, we would go up to the Magnolia Tournament up near Houston, and uh, and we got to play a freshman version of Darren Fox. And but but even as a freshman, <laughs> talk about athletic man. Yeah, you just you just knew. Uh, you know, we saw we saw them play. We knew we were going to play the winner of that game. And I'm looking at the program, and I'm like, "This guy's only a freshman," and he's just destroying everybody in front of him. And uh, then we end up losing in like triple over, double or triple overtime uh, to to that team uh, with chances to win at at the end of each uh, regulation and, and first overtime, second overtime, and just couldn't convert. Um, but that that to watch him play, even as a freshman, you just knew like those guys, like Greg Brown, you just know what they're yeah, destined yep. for, and you know that. There's another level to this game of basketball, and they're, they're on it, mm-hmm. and, and we're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, last, last thing I, I want to ask you guys before we call it a day is uh, just uh, some impactful moments when you realize as a coach, you know, that this is uh, much deeper than wins and losses and,
2: and more about the kids and the
0: experiences.
2: Go ahead, Coach. Well, you know, I think that that happens uh, or it happened uh, almost every year that I coached. Uh, you know, you know, i got tons of stories, but you know, a point guard I had at San Angelo Central, he's about five six, five seven, 5'7", Kevon Coney. Uh, you look at him uh, walking in the gym, you're thinking, ah, that kid's not going to be a 6'8 varsity player. And the kid was talented, man. He helped us win 31 games as a junior. Uh, went on to Howard Junior College to play a little bit. Uh, and I just got a a phone call about him for a reference for a job and uh, you know, just trying to help him in his, in his life after basketball has been a blessing and, you know, watching him, you know, mature and, you know, try to keep going. He's got a family now, Uh, you know, stuff like that. And then my first year at uh, uh, Flower Bluff, I got a varsity player that's back, uh, Chris Martinez, Mm -hmm. and everybody in the district, every coach on the staff, Every teacher told us, you know, the kid's never going to pass. The kid just wants to be on varsity. He doesn't care about his grades. He doesn't care about his future. He's just one of those kids that just wants to be around, you know. He's not going to work very hard to do anything. And uh, we challenged the kid, uh, and for whatever reason, it clicked, and he passed all his classes. He was a a viable member of our varsity for two years, uh, led us to the playoffs his senior year. Uh, And the kid hugged me and cried you know, just ball uh, his, you know, his last game of his senior year. And we keep in touch. And, uh, you know, he's doing well. He's in school. Uh, so, hopefully, you know, we want those kids to succeed. And, you know, it's, it's more more than wins. Uh, and I think as you mature as a coach, you know, you know, some of us mature quicker than others. You know, it's not about the wins. It's not about the trophies. It's not about the medals. It's about getting these kids to a better place. About showing these kids they can become significant people in society, you know whether they want to go to college, you know whatever avenue they want to go into, they be- they can become legitimate people, and uh, I think that's the the best you know thing to see. Uh, and there's you know there's stories from you know every year, uh, but those are just a few. And uh, you know like right now in Alice, we have a young lady that signed to play softball at Shriner. Uh, We've got some football players are trying to go play at the next level. You know, just seeing those kids, you know, get excited about it and just, you know, overcome a little adversity and then try to move mm-hmm. on once they graduate. You know, that's the biggest deal, uh, being an educator. So hopefully we'll have more
1: success stories as we keep going. Absolutely. I think uh, – and you you mentioned it just now about it's not about – the wins and losses. I mean, yes, we're competitive and, and we want to to succeed, and we want our kids to, to know what it takes to win. I think maybe more more than anything, because we think that long after you know, when ball is done, ball is done. It comes. It, it stops for everybody at different times. But the pre- preparation you put in to try to win, the effort you, and sacrifices you make to be on a successful team, those are things that you can apply to. To real life, you know, and uh, I think that's that's the big part. Uh, a personal story was, you know, my first year as a head coach. I'm young, twenty twenty nine years old, and and uh, you know, at, at a five A school, and I'm I'm thinking, I know what I'm doing. I'm I'm ready for this. And you talk about like getting punched in the mouth right off the bat. Like I think we were like zero and eight, zero and nine. Uh, took a really, I mean, in my opinion, a bad loss. Um, at the end of a tournament, you know, we played the the eight AM of a Saturday. Both teams are zero and three or zero and four on that. You know, whatever it is, and and we lose at the buzzer, and mm-hmm. we still haven't won a game. You know, and and I'm thinking, what? You know, why? Wh- I took it personally. I looked at it as why? Why are the why are the kids not doing what I follow? Why was this kid late to 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 get to the bus this morning? Why this? Why the the winning has kind of taken care of itself, and it's the preparation. And the, now I understand why that kid was late to the bus that morning because his mom was working, you know, two different jobs and, and literally couldn't take him. And so he didn't have a ride. He didn't have a cell phone. His cell phone was turned off. And, and you know, so once you start to understand that there's bigger things than, than wins and losses and, and you start to care and you develop those relationships with, with your, your student athletes uh, and, and students in your classroom that you can have a, a huge impact on somebody. Um, and I think, like coach Boswell said, those are the things that that you remember uh, one thing that that I said a couple of years ago at our our basketball banquet, and I still say it you know to this day is you know the world world doesn 't need better basketball players the, the world needs better 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 husbands, fathers, sons, daughters uh you know aunts uncles whatever whatever it is whatever role that you end up playing in life to somebody you know student employer employee. Citizen, you know whatever it is, uh, the world needs better versions of, of those people more so than, than, than we need good basketball players. Right. Uh, trust me, there's plenty of good basketball players out there. It's not like the world is going to have a hard time finding good basketball players. It's it's we need more of the other types though. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's uh, that that's that's always uh, it's always great when you when you hear from from guys that you've coached in the past and they reach out or, or they they tag you in something on Twitter that brings back a memory. Uh, I just had a, a, a player that uh, he was a senior when we won the district championship in 2018, 2019. He was our our sixth man, and in and, and all honesty, I thought he was the difference. And one of the reasons why we were successful was because we had a sixth man that could take take care of the game. And and, and he was five six on a good right. day. Um, you know, so this kid wasn't super. You know, just got a given athletic ability or anything. But man, did he work his butt off and, and overcome different challenges of his own and he sent me a text like 20 minutes before we started this this chat and it was just a a picture of of him when he was a sophomore and and some classmates that that they were in my class uh my history class and uh he said coach i got videos and photos all across from from this class and i still remember it you know and this little stuff like that 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 brings a a smile to your face and you "You know what that was i made a, a good memory and a positive impact for somebody and uh you know, as, I, as I've gotten older, I still try to I put in as many birthdays on my phone calendar as I can remember of former players and, you know, try to tweet them and, and text them happy birthday and things, little things like that. Uh, but that's the stuff that, you know, at the end of the day, I think as coaches and, and educators that really, you know, is, is, is why we do the things that we do.
2: Very Absolutely. true.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, Brandon and Coach Bazaar, I, I I sincerely appreciate you guys taking time out to talk and, and getting to know you a little bit, and, and and just talking basketball, I'm sure we can do this for days and days and days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but I appreciate it very much.
2: Thanks for having us. Yes, sir. We oh, sure do appreciate it.
0: Yes, sir. Hopefully, uh, Brandon, you and I can uh, can one day have a legendary uh, career. I <laughs> don't
1: vibes, right? Have a legendary game.
2: Hey, what was the I was name? tell you what, What's y'all playing Alice.
1: <laughs> we'll play a neutral psych game in Alice. <laughs> You come to Alice,
2: <laughs> we'll host and we'll make sure it is packed. Okay. There you go.
1: All right. Appreciate it, Coach. <laughs> All right. Yes, Take sir. Care, Appreciate Mark. it, coach.
2: Yeah, All good. right.
1: Thanks for bird. Well, as always. <laughs>